was the Lord's brothers and sisters. While we're standing here this beautiful morning, as I look at all your bright, shining faces, everybody's just smiling, it seems. And I'm sure they're probably doing that at home over the internet. You know, when you know that God's got it, no matter what you're going through, that when it gets too hard for us, we know it's just right for God. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's give him another hand clap, brothers and sisters. I think he's worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This word says that he is worthy, worthy of praise, worthy of honor, worthy of power, worthy of glory, we're told in the book of Revelations. What a mighty God we serve. If we turn in our scriptures to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting with verse 45. We're shown the power of God in its magnificent revelation. It says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. What's his name, brothers and sisters? Did somebody say Jesus? Jesus. Amen. The God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God. In Israel. 
And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword, not with spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you, speaking to Goliath, and he will give you whatever you're going through, whatever the disease, whatever the financial crisis, he will give you into our hands. That's the God we serve, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let us go before the Lord solemnly in prayer, gratefully, thankfully, emptying our hearts and our minds of all stress, all thoughts. Let's forget about ourselves, as the song says. Concentrate on him. Let's worship him. Let's pray to him today. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, our wonderful, mighty Abba Father, creator of the universe and all there is and all there ever shall be, we humble ourselves before you today. We are so grateful to be your people. As the psalmist wrote, we are the sheep of your pasture. And we enter today into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. For you alone are worthy. Lord, we ask that you will continue to bless us as you have all throughout this week. We thank you for keeping us safe, dear God, from all hurt, harm, and danger. From danger seen and unseen alike. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Before we ever knew who you were, you loved us and you love us best. Thank you for being a lover of our souls, Jesus for hanging and dying on the cross so that we could spend eternity with you. And Lord, we are so thankful and grateful. We ask that you empower us big time with your holy, precious spirit. We can't do it without you, God. We need you. For it is in you that we live. It is in you that we move. It is in you that we have our very being, Paul says. And Lord, we realize that without you, we can do nothing. So, Father, be with us, in us, through us, by us. Just surround us, imbue us in your holy presence. For your word says there, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are blessings forevermore, and you will show us the pathways of life. Father, God, bless this service. Bless Pastor Roger, bless Pastor Bill and the praise team, uh, Sister Debbie and Sister Carolyn. We thank you for the wonderful work they all do to make this a beautiful service for you, Lord. We do this for you, to honor you. Walk with us, dear God, throughout the rest of this week, throughout the rest of our lives. And Lord, we're just praying, as Elijah once did, that we may hear the sound of the coming of an abundance of rain. We believe the best is yet to come, dear God. We're declaring it right now in the name of Jesus. Our eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither has it in in the hearts of the people here today the things that you have in store for those of us who love you. And, Father, we're all here because we love you. We love Jesus. We're in love with the Holy Spirit. We humbly ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Would you say amen, church? Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. 
On Monday, October 31st, from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Ellesmere campus, we will host a trunk or treat. There will be people with decorated cars handing out candy, and refreshments will be available. This is a great way to reach out and meet our neighbors around the Ellesmere campus. We still need staff for the event, specifically for registration, handing out snacks, and to decorate your cars. To find out more or to sign up, contact April Loper Brown at aloper at ctcde.church. Our Men's Breakfast Fellowship began again on October 15th at the Bear Campus with nearly 25 men in attendance. The group will meet again on Saturday, October 29th at 7.30 a.m. to begin a study entitled, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. The group will meet every other Saturday. To learn more or to sign up, text Bryce Maynard at 302-546-9388 or visit ctcde.church slash lifegroups. Our annual church conference will be held on Tuesday, November 1st at 6.30 at the Bear Campus. At this meeting, we will hear reports of our ministry, make decisions for the next year, and review the business of the church. Ministry partners and church members are welcome and encouraged to attend. Reverend Joe Archie will lead this meeting. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see all of you today. Oh, good morning. <laughs> I heard a very loud good morning. <laughs> nice to see all of you and even those online, even though I can't see you. Again, welcome and thank you for joining us today. If you are here in the building, again, welcome. If you're new, before you leave, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And for those of you online, you can click the New Year button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And for Connect cards, so we know that you're here today. So for those of you in person, whether at your table or at your seat, you will see the Connect card, which we would love for you to fill out so we know that we're, you are here. And you can also write a prayer request because we're always praying for you. And, of course, same goes for those online. You can either click the Connect card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. Thank you, Rebecca. And let me add my welcome to all of you here this morning and all of you online. It's great to have you with us. Uh, as we gather together to worship Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Our prayer here is that you experience God's love in your life for your own salvation, for your own hope, for your own peace, and that the Holy Spirit flows through you so that all people around us uh, may experience God's life-changing love. We have certain ways that we do that. We have three words that we talk about, love, serve, and engage. And those, it's kind of our strategy, it's kind of what we do, and it's kind of how we do it also. We want to love God, each of us first, and uh, experience God's love. We love God through worshiping God together, through uh, both uh, corporately and individually. And we uh, serve. God gives us abilities, skills, spiritual gifts, 
resources that he gives, and we want to use those to serve others and to engage one another. We have a lot of small groups that are available where you can uh, join together. As a large church, it's difficult to get to know each other personally when we worship together, especially if we're online. So we need these small groups. We need a small group of people that we can engage with on a regular basis to help encourage us to pray together. So if you're not in, in a small group, uh, look online for our small groups. Find the contacts of other small group leaders and uh, uh, join them. Check them out. And uh, that's one of the ways that we grow. We also want to engage the world with the good message of Jesus Christ and what we're doing. That's what we are here to do. Uh, because God loves all people, and he calls his church to stand up and to proclaim uh, the truth of Jesus Christ so that all people may experience his life-changing love. So I'm glad that you're here with us today. On your table or on the chair uh, beside you is, in, as, as Rebecca said, the, the envelope. And it's, it's a place where you can contribute, make an offering to God for the work that we are doing. You're partnering with us in ministry uh, in all of the ministries that we do. And we want to encourage each other to be generous. And there are scripture verses that teach us to do that. And the scripture verse that we have today uh, to encourage us comes from the book of Hebrews. And I'd like us to read this together out loud, if you would, please. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Several weeks ago, I had during my message, I had a tin can and I stuffed it with some toilet paper and I poured alcohol over it and I invited you to bring your empty soup cans and your and rolls of toilet paper and and bottles of uh, at least 70% rubbing alcohol. We give them to help our homeless uh, ministry uh, in Wilmington. And uh, some of you have been have uh, I come to the uh, come to the church and here's another t- empty tin can sitting on the counter someplace and that's wonderful. The toilet paper is being a little slow coming in, so if you can spare, take the Seinfeld phrase. Do you know what I'm talking about? Spare a square. Did you ever see that Seinfeld? No, I was old. Your dad young. always used to watch it, but I would walk by. <laughs> can you spare a square? No, I don't have a reference. square to spare. <laughs> Can you spare a roll? And uh, to help homeless people, just they, they, they make these little, uh, these little um, stoves, emergency stoves, helps keep them warm in the wintertime. Anyway, that's one of the ways we serve, one of the ways we are generous to help others as we read in that scripture. All right, time for me to move on. Let's, let's stand together as we continue to worship God and the team returns and we, we, we sing our praises to God. We sing our prayers to God. And, all, you know, for, for worship, not all of us get into the music, but I hope that all of us can, at least if we're not singing or we're not participating in, in the way others are, we're at least reflecting on who God is and what God is doing uh, during our worship time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for hearing our prayers. Thank you for inspiring us to get involved in small groups, to connect with one another. Lord, that's what the church is about. We can't be Christians alone on our own, and we need one another. So I ask your Holy Spirit to come and bind us together with your love, that we will minister to one another, but also, God, that we will be inspired to go out from this place when the service is over and share your love with all people in whatever way we can. 
Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us personally now in these moments as we pray, as we sing, as we hear your word. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're thankful for the extravagant love that God gave to us in His Son, Jesus. Amen. Extravagant love that cost Him so much and purchased for us eternal life. Thank you, Lord. For I spoke a word you were singing over me. You have been so Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. And all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, oh, it chases me down, fights.
There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. pretense, no principality, no nothing that is greater than the name of Jesus. Amen? Come on and give Him praise this morning. There is no name other than the name of Jesus that saves us, that heals us, that sets us free. And today, Jesus, we worship You. We give honor and glory unto Your name. Because you are here with us. And we worship you. The king is in the room. Come see the scars of love upon his hand. The king is in the room. We'll watch the darkness flee at his command. Who is this king? Who is this king? His name is Jesus. Let's pray. 
in praise today. Awesome in power, reigning forever. All authority has been given Him. And in this series, we're talking about doing greater things because Jesus promised that the authority that God gave Him, guess what? He's given that to us. We can be free today. Does that mean all of our problems disappeared? No. Does that mean all of the circumstances of our lives change and all of a sudden go in our favor? No. It means that we reign in victory with Him. Because He has given us authority. We sing a song here on a regular basis called Champion. We have been seated together in heavenly places with Him who has never lost. That's a pretty good place to be seated problem is we forget now maybe you don't but i do from 
time to time, I forget how free I am because of the name of Jesus. How much freedom He's given me, how much victory there is in my life. Not freedom to keep on doing what I've been doing and sinning, but freedom, freedom from sin. God, we thank You that You have overcome every obstacle You overcame every obstacle to come after us. You left the 99 that you knew were safe and you came after us because we were lost. And we thank you, Lord. We just speak your name over every part of our lives. We just say that name with me. Jesus, say it. Jesus. God, we call on you today. We call on you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know. I get a, I'm getting a sense that there's somebody in the room today that's just in bondage to something. I don't know what it is. You're in bondage to something and you want to be free from it. Maybe you're watching us online. You want to be free from the bondage of whatever this is. And you have asked and asked and asked. And it feels like you're never going to see the light of day. But I want to tell you there is power in the name of Jesus. And there is freedom in the name of Jesus from whatever this is. So speak his name today in your life and over this situation. And watch the salvation of the Lord. The battle is not ours. The battle is his. God, we just thank you for moving in this place by your Holy Spirit. And we pray for your deliverance today. We pray for uh, April and her team as they minister to our children this morning. We pray that your anointing would flow uh, through those teachers and to each one of those students. And, And God, we pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit today. We pray for Pastor Roger as he comes to bring the message today and challenges us. God, we pray for your anointing on him. And for each one of us, that as the word is opened, that our hearts would be open to receive from you. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Because the one who is the greater one does the greater things through us. And uh, thank you for, you know, uh, it's humbling to be in the presence of God. I think of Isaiah chapter 6. The king, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah went into the temple. And the seraphim were there. And in that powerful presence of God, 
Isaiah said, woe am I. And that's our experience when we come into the presence of God. We realize our own humanity because of God's greatness. There's a gentleman in our church that writes letters to powerful people. President Biden. The Pope. Other national leaders. And he's, he's got the guts to, to speak the truth of Scripture to these, to these people. He's gotten five letters back from President Biden. And he shows them to me. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I am impressed. Anybody who takes the time to share his thoughts with the President of the United States of America. So, so I said to him last night, well, your next letter simply needs to invite him to come to your house for dinner. He says, well, I did. <laughs> Next time you're in town. Of course, we know, you know, we who live here experience when President Biden comes home. We see the traffic <laughs> change and flow. Wouldn't it be awesome if the president knocks on his door? Now, of course, we know that before that would happen, there's all kinds of Security clearances that would have to be passed. But, but let's say they were able to do that as a surprise. And, 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 and the man who writes the letters hears the knock on the door and he opens it. And there stands President, the President of the United States of America. What would you feel if that was a total surprise to you? You would have a little bit of awe, wouldn't you? And so when we come into the, how much greater is God than the President of the United States of America? Please say He is. <laughs> Please. So when we come into the presence of God, we, there, there's a natural response of who I am in contrast to God's love, God's power, God's goodness. And it's awesome. And I love that, that as I hear you singing, God is hearing us with one voice, knocking on God's door. And Jesus is always answering and opening it. And He's here with us. Don't be afraid of God. Jesus said, I have not come to steal and destroy, but I have come to bring life and to bring life Abundantly. So we who are brave come into the church and we dare come into the presence of God and we experience God's mercy, God's goodness, God's kindness in our lives. It's good. It's good to be in the presence of God and I hope that at your homes. Wherever you are, maybe you're driving someplace listening to us, that you, in this very moment, whether it's live or whether it's recorded, you are sensing the very power of God, the Great One. There was a, uh, several years ago, I was in a singing group that traveled. Uh, I was in college, there were, there were six of us in the singing group. We traveled during the uh, summertime between semesters. We sang in worship services in churches. We went to camp meetings. We went to uh, Christian camps. We, 
We worked with teenagers and we, we were there to, to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we were in this town called Louisville, Georgia, which is a, a small town south of Augusta, Georgia. Right in the, the, the heart of, of the, the agricultural fields of, of Georgia. And we, we, were, we were in this town for three or four days, and there was a woman in the church there who wanted to host us for a lunch. Knowing we were college students traveling around all summer, she knew that we were eating in McDonald's and Burger King and all kinds of fast food restaurants, and we were meeting with youth groups and eating hoagies or subs, whatever they called them down there, and all kinds of pizza and, and fried chicken and things that were good but not always healthy for us. So she wanted to give us an excellent lunch. She, she was an, I, I, I'm sorry to put it so harshly, she was an old lady, <laughs> but a beautiful southern belle. She lived in a house that, that it wasn't a big farm mansion, it was a, it was a home in the town, but it was, it was low and it had the, it had the, the long sloping uh, roof uh, line with a big porch around it, with the columns around the porch, so that on the hot summer days you could sit on the veranda and feel the summer breeze as the, as, as the wind came into the home and into the windows and up through the attic and the heat flowed out of it. There was always a breeze and it kept cool. She invited the six of us to come to her, 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 her home for lunch one day. And so we walked in and she had it immaculately cleaned. She put out the best for us because we were her guests. We walked into the dining room and there, were, there was this beautiful t- dining room table set only for six people. And I was accustomed that when somebody comes into their home to, to, for, a, for a meal, I'm going to sit down with that person and enjoy the meal with them and they with me. But there were only six places for our group. I thought, well, that's kind of strange. Where's she going to sit? Where's her place? And in the middle of that beautiful table, I mean, it had, had the china plates, it had the chargers on it, it had the, it had the, the crystal glasses there, and, and it had the, the, the silver, the, 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 the fork, and the fork, and the fork, and the spoon, and the spoon, and the spoon, and the knife, <laughs> and, the, and the, the, the little plate, and the big plate. But in the middle of the table, there was this huge silver bowl filled with my favorite flower. She didn't know what my favorite flower, but my favorite flower is daffodils. I love daffodils. They come early in the spring. I love the pure daffodils, these, these hybrid daffodils that have multiple colors and multiple blooms in the same bloom. No, 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 no. Just a beautiful, great, big, simple daffodil. Has a gorgeous color. This 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 silver bowl was filled overflowing. All you could see were the blossoms. You couldn't see any green. But it was just it was just bursting open with color. And it was gorgeous. We wondered how in the world did she get this 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 beautiful bouquet to stay together the way it did. It was perfectly shaped. Just a, a, a bubble. <laughs> a bubble of beauty. One of the girls, her name was Connie. She was from Atlanta. I assumed that she knew how to behave in southern settings because being the Yankee, 
I was the new guy. But, but Sharon was intrigued with these flowers coming out of this bowl. And, and it looked like they were just suspended in the bowl. You could see the edge of the bowl, but you couldn't see inside the bowl. All you could see are these flowers coming. And Sharon, like, what is holding up these, these daffodils? So she, I don't know, she took her spoon or her, or her knife or something and she was trying to poke into the bowl to see if there was what was actually in there holding these things up and how were they suspended in there and she got poking around in there and all of a sudden she lost her grip on the spoon and it fell down into the bowl and we heard this tink clink 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 <laughs> and, and our hostess was was back in the kitchen getting our lunch ready and we're just all giggling at the foolishness of here's this woman put this beautiful spread on for us and we're messing around with her bouquet Grow up, kids. <laughs> Behave yourself. We didn't have any parents telling us what to do <laughs> to do that. I wish I remembered the latest. They call, Sister Sally, Gwen told me to call her. Sally continues to. And, and Sally had a helper with her. And, and, and being sensitive to, to, to racial issues, even at the day, Sally. The owner of the home was an elderly white woman, and her helper, her servant, was a black woman. Well, this is an interesting dynamic, and being a Yankee, I wasn't quite sure how to, what, what to make of this and, and how, how this works out. But Sally and her helper were, were serving us, and they brought out the steaks, beautifully cooked, perfectly and the vegetables, and I don't remember what else was on there. All I remember is the spoon falling into the bouquet of flowers and how they served us. And we sat quietly as we visited around that table and, and ate our steaks. And we chatted with each other, but we knew each other. We, we spent hours together driving around the southeast in our van. And we wanted to meet somebody else, but Sally was there to serve us. Where's Sally going to sit? Sally sat with her friend in the kitchen. And they didn't eat until after we ate. And they filled our glasses. Uh, when, our, when our tea glasses were half full, they came back and made sure they were totally full. In the South, you don't ever let your guests get your, your glass less than half full. It's time for more tea. I remember learning that lesson the hard way because in my house you always ate up what was, and drank up what was set before you. And so I'm thinking, well, the polite thing is to, to empty my glass. But every time I emptied my glass, they filled it back up. And then I had to drink some more tea. <laughs> I learned to like sweet, sweetened iced tea. Well, that wasn't hard to do. I was impressed with how this woman, the owner of this beautiful home, the owner of all of this, the one who decided to put out this gorgeous table, sat in the kitchen while we ate. The greater one is the one who serves. Let's look at Luke chapter 22, our scripture for today. And this is, it's important for us to, to, to get the context of this scripture because these are some of Jesus' final words to his disciples. Jesus is in the upper room celebrating the Passover. This is the night 
After this dinner, Jesus is betrayed. He is taken into custody. He is whipped. He is beaten. He is interrogated. And then the next morning, he is hung on a cross and died. These are part of his last words to his disciples. Jesus is fully aware of what is happening, and his disciples are absolutely clueless. Have you ever experienced in your life that was powerful, but you went through it absolutely clueless as to what was actually happening? <laughs> yes, you have, because <laughs> we've all been there. And, the, and the, the, the import or the meaning of it, the, the power of it doesn't come to us until after the fact. Wow, what was that? And the disciples are absolutely clueless. So let's look at what Jesus says to him. It's chapter 22, verse 14, and and they're in the upper room, and it says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I have been eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. He knows what's coming. Probably at the word suffering, his disciples are beginning to ask the question, and he had alluded to it before, but now they're saying, what are you talking about? Oh, Jesus, it's that suffering mumbo-jumbo that you keep talking about. and We don't understand it, so we're just kind of going to let it go in one ear and out the other. And Jesus says, For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Ooh. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, Take this, share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. I think it's significant that Jesus takes this cup. He apparently does not drink it himself. He shares it and orders his disciples to share it also. He's committed. I'm not going to drink. I think what he's saying to everything that I do from this point on, I am doing in my right mind and it is intentional and I know what I'm doing. He knows what he's doing. Take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine until the kingdom of God has come. And then he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. He broke the bread into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can you hear the disciples? Jesus, what are you doing? After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with My blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. In the evenings in my household, after supper or while supper is being prepared or while we're eating it, usually there's some easy television shows on. Easy shows like the Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> It's, it's just r- relaxing. takes you to a different time. I remember seeing an Andy Griffith show when, when Opie and Andy were having a very serious conversation and they were making an agreement, father and son making an agreement together. And Opie had heard that when you make an agreement with somebody, you, you're supposed to cut your hand open and the, your partner is supposed to cut his hand open and you shake hands and you become blood brothers. That's because the shedding of blood and the sharing of it has always been seen in in almost every society 
as a sign of confirming some kind of agreement or a commitment. So when Jesus says, this is my blood of the new covenant, it is God making a new promise with his people. Signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, Andy didn't want to cut his hand, especially on TV. That would make an awkward television program even in the 1950s, or perhaps especially in the 1950s. Perhaps today they'd have no problem doing it. (laughs) But Andy said, how about we not cut ourselves? Let's spit. (laughs) Why why, why is the blood more acceptable than the spit? I don't understand. (laughs) And so they spit in their hands and they shook hands. Oh. <laughs> you know, there's a Bible story where Jesus spits in the mud and rubs it on the blind man's eyes. Anyway, the promise is made. We understand that. which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And then Jesus says, but. And and you've heard me say that when we're reading Scripture, when we want to go a little bit deeper in Scripture, don't just just read over these words as as you've heard them every time. Pause. And when you come to this little three-letter word, it's always significant. And so when you come to the word but in Scripture, pause for a minute. Because a, a... the, the word but indicates that two things are being contrasted. Two ideas are coming up against each other. And it's important for us to look at those two ideas. And he says, but here sitting at this table, as a friend, is the man who will betray me. Because it has been determined that the Son of Man, and this phrase Son of Man is always used by Jesus to refer to Himself. He's talking about himself. It's been determined that the Son of Man must die. I must die. But what sorrow awaits for the one who betrays him. Then the disciples began to ask each other, which of them would ever do such a thing? I think that's a natural response, right? Who are you talking about, Jesus? Let's see. Who's around the table? One of you sitting here at the table. Who in the world would ever betray Jesus? We've watched him so much. And look at the next verse. Once after they, they, they looked around the table asking who could do this, look at the next phrase. Then they began to argue. <laughs> I love this. How distracted we get in powerful situations among themselves about, this is what they're arguing about. Who's going to be the greatest? Forget about who's going to betray Jesus. I'm concerned about whether or not I'm going to be the greatest one. And I think I'll be the greatest one. I'm better than you, Peter. Well, I'm, I'm smarter than you, Thomas. Well, I've got more money than you, James. I have more skill. I have more experience. How many times do we go to work and we start this competition of, of one upping the other? This is what the disciples go to. Jesus is telling them this is what... A, and, and in our humanness, that, that selfishness comes out. The disciples are just like you and me. Selfish. 
And they start arguing about them. They forget about Jesus. He said, I don't understand what he says, but I'm concerned about me. <laughs> so Jesus interrupts them, verse 25, and, 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 and shocks them all. He says, Stop it. <laughs> In this world, the kings and great men lord it over people, and yet they are called friends of the people. We, we, we should understand what Jesus is saying because, because no president of the United States gets elected without, without the selection of the people. And we have to know, we're not going to vote for somebody that we think hates the people. Let's not talk about individuals. Let's just talk about ideas. <laughs> and, and, and so any elected official has to convince the, the constituents... Vote for me because what I'm going to do will be good for you. And those, those who are convinced that that is true, the majority gets to select who that leader is. So, but when they get into that position, we expect the leader to lead us. And part of leading is telling us what to do. <laughs> Set the laws for us. Tell us what to do. Tell us how to be governed. And govern us. That's what we tell them to do. So this phrase, in this world, kings and great men lord it over people, and yet they are called friends of the people. And Jesus said, but among you, it will be different. There's another significant contrast. Jesus' people, God's people, are different than the people of this world. And we have to expect to become different because... When we're without Christ, we're living in this world. So when we come to Christ, we've got to learn how to be different the way Jesus wants us to be different. And he says, what is that difference? Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. Who's more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? And Jesus answers a rhetorical question. Of course, it's the one who sits at the table. Go back to my dinner at, in, in Louisville, Georgia. Who were the most important people in the room? It was those of us who were sitting around the table. But was it really? And then Jesus says, but not here, for I am among you. As one who serves. And he says, you've stayed with me in my time of trial. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, now I grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus is always working in contrasts. <laughs> We're living in this world, but He says, don't be of this world, though you are in this world. Now, we've noticed how the disciples respond to what Jesus is saying. They began to argue. They had no clue what Jesus was doing. Their, their selfishness rose up. They were bickering like brothers fighting over the last biscuit. Who cares? Somebody just take the last biscuit. 
I'm better than you. No, I'm stronger than you. I'm smarter. My dad is, is smarter than your dad. My grandfather built this thing. Whatever it might be. They weren't listening to Jesus. But Jesus calls us to be different. To be set apart. He says to be holy as God is holy. That word holiness means consecrated, set apart, distinct. And God makes us holy as He is holy. Jesus calls us to serve. Jesus calls us to do the greater thing by serving others. To leave the privilege. Nope, that's not me. It certainly sounds like mine, but it's not me. No, it's okay. I just was making sure it wasn't me. I love that ringtone, by the way. It's a great ringtone. Nah, everybody, everybody forgets now and then. Jesus calls us to leave behind the privilege of our power, of our authority, and our leadership. Not so that we can rise for ourselves, but so that we can serve those whom God has placed us in to lead. Jesus does not call us to become weak in our leadership or weak by serving others. He calls us to become meek. There's a difference between, great difference between being meek and being weak. Let me explain it. Meek, good word for meek, is self-disciplined power. An example. A surgeon has great power with his scalpel. With a scalpel, the surgeon can bring life, but with being sloppy in surgery, the patient can die. You want to have a meek doctor. I'll tell you who a meek doctor is. Meek doctor is the doctor. Yesterday we had a funeral service here for a family that is, is, is just kind of on the edge of, of participation in our church. They're fairly new to us. They, 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 they came to our grief share group. And, and, and a family member died. That's why they were in the grief share group. And they hadn't had a service for the, their loved one. And so we provided the service for them yesterday. And during the service, we were sitting here in the room and, and, and there, there were some people here that came time in the service for people to share their thoughts, their memories, their ideas. And, and this young woman came and stood in front and said, my name is so-and-so. I don't remember her name. And I was, I was the primary physician for so-and-so who died. I have never seen a doctor come to the patient's funeral and talk about how meaningful that relationship to that patient was to the doctor. That is a meek doctor. She had great power. She could have been someplace else. It's probably her day off. Okay, so she wasn't expected to be at the hospital. But when, when a doctor is not expected to be at the hospital, this doctor chose to go to a funeral that's meek. That's taking great position, great power in coming down to serve the family. The family would not have missed her, but she came. Jesus calls us to leave the privilege and the power of our authority and submit to the needs of the people that we lead. Meek is to be self-disciplined. 
A person who has great wealth has great ability to get things done, but it is to be used in in Jesus' kingdom for the goodness of people, not for their harm. And it's often the painful experiences in our life that equip us to serve others. And, And this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And there are people all around us who are experiencing domestic violence. And we all have power. (laughs) We all have ability. Jessica, would you come up? Jessica, I want to introduce you to Jessica. Jessica is a a student at... Yeah, thank you. Jessica is a student at Liberty University working on a master's degree. And as part of her program, she has asked to do an internship with us here. Welcome, Jessica. Welcome, Jessica, if you would, please. Good morning. Thank you. And so Jessica is working with Pastor Vaughn in our in our fam, church family care uh, pastoral ministry uh, department, and we're grateful for for her leadership there. And uh, she's passionate about uh, working with people who are experiencing domestic violence. I just want her to tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about that. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. My first marriage, 15 years, was filled with domestic violence and a lot of physical abuse, and I feel like God is calling me to minister to women, the survivors and victims of domestic violence. Thank you for doing that. We we applaud you. You know, know, here's here's how Jesus works. uh, A woman who commits herself to be a, a wife to a man finds herself pushed down. But because of that experience... Jesus is rising her up. And, and, and you were in that marriage for 15 years, which, which w- 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 to those of us who have never experienced domestic violence, probably boggles our mind. But there are so many things happening in, in, the, in, the, in the mind and in the relationship of the woman who's being abused, or whether it's a man or a child or whatever. Very, very difficult. I go, look, look at my questions here so I don't get too far off. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about resources that are available in our communities uh, for, for those who are experiencing domestic violence? Um, the Delaware um, Coalition Against Domestic Violence, they have advocacy there. They have sources, resources for women to come and get help if they want to get out or if they want to stay. They offer counseling. They have shelters, transitional housing. They do have a lot of resources there. Get out. Get help. No one deserves that. And I know the the fears that are all wrapped up, where do I go, how do I get out, what's going to happen, all those questions are very real questions. But you just need encouragement and people to help you and to to say you can do this. And I thank you for being in there. When Jessica and I were talking about this this, uh, past week, uh, I relayed to her that I had an experience this last summer in my neighborhood where I was out doing some yard work, three or four doors down uh, the, the street. I could hear some, some banging, some shouting, a woman shouting, a man shouting. I could, it was loud enough that I could clearly hear the conversation. They were arguing over a teenage son. Things weren't going well in the family. I don't know if it was cupboard doors or pots and pans, but there was lots of noise. And I didn't know what to do. 
And I stayed in the yard and and I just waited. I don't know. I could have called 911. I asked last night. I said, how did I do? Did I do okay? You know, it's frightening for those of us who hear it. And uh, Jessica affirmed me. Thank you. <laughs> I decided that I, that I that I would just kind of see what happens and kept an ear out. Never heard anything again. Hope things hope they hope they got that fight worked out and that everybody's okay. Uh, no other indications and uh, anything like that. And, and uh, but I, I I asked Jessica, you know, what do we do if we see people like that? What what do you suggest we do or I mean, if the situation is escalating, is constant, you hear things, I will call 911. Because when I was going through, no one, my neighbors, they didn't call. My daughter was nine, and she called 911 to help me, you know, to get, you know, my ex-husband off of me and stuff. But no one called. No one helped. There was a lot of noise and commotion in the house all the time, but no one would call. So I would intervene and call. Yeah. And, and that, that, as she was telling me that on, on I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, we were talking, and it just hit me that... The, 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 it dawned on me powerfully. I said, are you telling me that you purposefully were making all kinds of noise, mm-hmm. expecting, hoping, pleading with your neighbors to act, yeah. to do something? Somebody get me some help. Yeah. And, and that's what you were trying to do. And, and it, it, that's when I realized, you know, it could have been my neighbors down the street that were intentionally making lots of noise saying, we need help. Somebody call and help. That's when, it, you know, I realized, look, folks, we, we are our brother's keeper. We, we do make a difference in our neighborhoods, in our families, and we do have power to do the right thing. We do need to serve those who are around us. Jessica, I thank you for being brave and courageous to share this with it. And we pray that God uh, God blesses you in your ministry as you're learning what that is and your learning skills and how to do that. Uh, we ask God to bless you in that. Would you, again, uh, honor her? Thank you. thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Is anyone out there experiencing domestic abuse? You can get out. You can get help. God wants you to be safe. God has a life for you that is pleasing, filled with purpose, filled with joy. Take that step and get out there. And I'm saying to the rest of us, let's have our, let's have our hands open. Let's have our ears open. Let's be willing to engage a world. And, and leave whatever position of power we might have to leave in order to serve those to whom God has led us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do love us. Jesus, we, we, we just read the, this scripture about you the night before you were betrayed. When you gave your body in order that we can have life and life abundantly. Jesus, we know that, that there are many people who do not believe you. They don't trust you. Maybe there are some in this room and it's time for them to simply say, yes, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are and I will trust in you. And they grab hold of 
your forgiveness. We pray for that today. And God, we pray for all of us, God, in the ways that you're asking us to serve you. To let go of, of, of perhaps even the resources that we have and just say, God, take me, do with me what you want to do with me. It doesn't mean we have to give up our skills. It doesn't mean we have to give up the resources. But it does mean that we give up control to our Heavenly Father. That we become disciplined with what God wants us to do with these things. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for calling people like people into ministry like Jessica giving us the ability to respond to you and say, I'll go where you send me, Jesus. And we trust you, Father, to provide the resources and the help that is needed. Oh, Father, we know that we live in a world that needs you. So come, send us out to be the body of Christ as you want us to be. We confess our selfishness. We confess our fears. And we depend on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to just continue in the, the even though I said amen, let's continue in an attitude of prayer. Let me invite you to stand with me as we as we sing and as we continue to pray. Let, let God speak to you and, and if you need to, you know, Sometimes we just need to come forward and, 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 and make some kind of physical acknowledgement that, God, I hear what you're saying to me. And, and, and you know, as, 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 as Jesus lifted that cup, he, he lifted the cup and said, this is God's new covenant. This is the sign of God's new covenant that, that he is making a new relationship. And sometimes we just need to take our bodies and lift them up and say, God, I'm here for you. And, and I invite you, if you need to do that today, to come here. Maybe you can't kneel, but you can stand here at the platform. And, and you can stay here by yourself. Nobody has to come. And if somebody comes and says, can I pray for you? You have the option of saying yes or no. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm good. I'm just, just praying here. And that's a fair thing to do. Or if you want somebody to pray with you, certainly there are people at the prayer stations in the back of the room by the candles uh, who will be glad to pray with you. But let's take a moment and let's continue to pray as we sing and we worship and we listen to God. Let's pray together.
Continue to worship here. The altar area is still open if you want to come and pray. There's still folks at the prayer stations. When you need to go, you can go. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Have a great week. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. Oh. 